Good morning, everyone. I am here to tell you about my community, who we are, and how we are in community. But before I begin, I want to acknowledge my appreciation for Ron Sampson and Mark Pietri. Finalizing this service was a cooperative effort between the three of us. We posed questions, shared ideas, and with their guidance, this service was created. I am honored to have participated in this collaboration. I also want to point out the symbol. that's on the cover of the program, or the order of service. It's called a humanora, <laughs> and it's the symbol of humanistic Judaism. So the humanora represents our Judaism and our human-focused philosophy. One of the first things I noticed about this service is the expression of community found in the welcoming words. We come together for so many reasons to be with friends, to share joy, for support during difficult times. Sometimes we come together for quiet moments of spiritual fulfillment, and sometimes we come together for action. Your opening words capture what I think is best about community, that of nurturing our best selves while encouraging and perhaps even inspiring others to do the same. I am a member of a humanistic Jewish community my home community in Portland, Oregon, is called Kol Shalom, which means Voice of Peace. And we will be celebrating our 25th anniversary next October. We're part of a movement of secular and humanistic Jewish congregations and schools, primarily in North America. And like many religious congregations, we have worship services, we celebrate holidays and life cycle events and we have Sunday schools. Our movement has an institute in the U.S. that trains and certifies ritual leaders and rabbis, and also in, we have a sister institute in Israel that does the same. My community comes together for the reasons that I mentioned earlier. We also come together to honor, honor our history and culture. We do so in a very specific way. We come together as humanistic Jews. As the name implies, we embrace a humanistic approach to our Judaism. Humanism emphasizes the value and agency of human beings. We rely on such sources as reason, observation, experimentation, creativity, and artistic expression to address questions about the world and in seeking to understand our own experiences. We believe that it is human beings who have the responsibility for solving human problems. We take responsibility for our own behavior and all of us take collective responsibility for the state of our world. We practice our Judaism through this humanistic lens. We are inspired by the history and culture of the Jewish people, and it is this inspiration combined with our humanistic philosophy that informs how we celebrate Jewish holidays and life cycle events. We create and practice non-theistic Jewish rituals, services, and celebrations that symbolize our history and culture. As an example of how we use Jewish history and culture to come together, I will describe the, the holidays of Rosh Hashanah, which is the New Year, and Yom Kippur, called the Day of Atonement. We often refer to them in this time period as the High Holidays. To begin, today, August 12th, is the first day of the Hebrew month of Elul. And Elul is special because it's the month before the High Holidays. Traditional activities 
include blowing the shofar, gathering for special prayers, and visiting the graves of loved ones. At Kol Shalom, we are devoting our August study group to learning about the High Holidays and understanding what it means for us to prepare for spiritual reflection and renewal. The important questions for us are, what relevance or meaning do ancient words and practices have for us today? What is our interpretation? How do we want to observe these holidays? The first place we look to learn about significant Jewish holidays is in the Pentateuch, or the first five books of the Bible. We call these books the Torah. Something surprising happens when we look for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur in the Bible. We don't find them. They're not there. (laughs) What is mentioned, first in Leviticus, is in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall observe a complete rest, a sacred occasion commemorated with loud blasts. And then later in Numbers, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall observe a sacred occasion. You shall not work at your occupations, and you shall observe it as a day when the, ha- when the horn is sounded. Note that these two verses refer to an important holiday in the seventh month. Scholars think that in very ancient times, the Israelite calendar ended in the fall with the celebration of the fall harvest. Later, under the influence of the Babylonian culture, the first month of the year was established in the spring. During biblical times, the fall harvest of Sukkot probably included a religious aspect at the year-end celebrations. By the end of the Second Temple, which is about 2,000 years ago, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur had been established as independent holidays, and they are exactly 10 days apart, and there's a reason for that. Our Western calendar is based on the sun. There are 365 days in our year, and every four years, we add an extra day to realign things. The Islamic or Muslim calendar is a lunar calendar consisting of 12 months in a year of 354 days. That is a difference of 11 days. The Jewish calendar, in order to make things complicated, is a combination of both. The months are determined by the moon and the year by the sun. In the Jewish calendar, an extra month is added every second or third year to get things lined up. And the 10 days from the start of Rosh Hashanah until the end of Yom Kippur mark the time when the Jewish lunar and solar calendars are realigned. This realignment maintains the structure of the holidays beginning in the evening and assures us that the harvest holidays fall within the correct season. So the realignment of the Jewish calendar begins with Rosh Hashanah. Spiritually, humanistic Jews see Rosh Hashanah as a time for reflection, renewal, and new beginnings. As the first day of the Jewish year, Rosh Hashanah marks a turning point, a separation between what was and what will be. It offers a time for us to pause in our daily lives and reflect on our behavior and renew our commitment to our highest values. Rosh Hashanah is a time to consider the possibilities for change, improvement, and happiness that we can create for ourselves as human beings. At Kol Shalom, we've adapted many of the traditional Rosh Hashanah prayers and practices to meet our contemporary and humanistic needs. When we sound the shofar, the ram's horn, on Rosh Hashanah, 
were reminded of a time when the blasts of the ram's horn called together the Jewish community. Blowing the shofar connects us to our history and the worldwide Jewish community. Ten days later, we come together for Yom Kippur. Introspection and goal setting are traditional. Yom Kippur is a time to reflect on the moral quality of our values and behaviors. It is the culmination of the examination of the behavior we began in Rosh Hashanah. The Yom Kippur service worship uh, focuses on three key elements, Teshuvah, Tefillah, and Tzedakah, which I will explain. Teshuvah is usually translated as repentance, but it more accurately means return. For humanistic Jews, Teshuvah is the action of returning to our values and ideals, renewing our commitment to the highest standards of our ethics. Tefillah is traditionally translated as prayer, but comes from a word that means self-reflection. For humanistic Jews, tefillah directs us towards self-evaluation. Sadaka is usually translated as charity, but the deeper meaning is about righteousness. Sadaka tells us about the kind of human beings we wish to be, tzadikim, righteous people who embody the highest ideals. So teshuvah, tefillah, and sadaka, returning to our ideals, taking time for self-reflection, and putting our ethics into action. These are the cornerstones of the humanistic celebration of Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur have always been communal holidays. In ancient times, the Israelites came together to celebrate the fall harvest and the year end. Today, we come together to examine our behaviors and renew our commitment to our highest ideals. Although self-reflection is an individual process, it is our coming together that gives us the strength and the support to engage in it. At Kol Shalom, we are inspired by the words of UU minister Robert Eller Isaacs. We include his responsive reading, A Litany of Atonement, in our Yom Kippur worship service. Eller Isaacs lists examples where we as individuals may have failed to act in a righteous way. His consistent response to these failings is that we forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. This is why we come together in community. Together, we can remind each other of our highest aspirations. Together, we can support and inspire each other to attain them. <laughs>